Welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where Bachelor superfans and sisters, Alex and Sarah, discuss all things Bachelor Nation, typically with a glass of rosé in hand, our two true passions. So sit back with us, sip rosé with us, and enjoy the journey with us. We made it to the end. It's the end. What a journey. Um, I'm tired and sad. Okay, so am I, but I was thinking about this. I was like, I actually think we say this at the end of every single season. Like every season we're like, I'm really tired. Like, think about it. Like we had Tasha Claire, that was like a whole thing. And then we had Pilot Pete before that. And we were that season was just like, oh my God, get me out of this. Get me out. Yeah, but it's it feels especially I feel especially tired and sad. Like you sort of at the end of it, you're sort of at the end of every season, you're kind of like you take a breath and you're like, wow, what a journey we went on with these people. Because it's very emotional watching somebody go through this vulnerable journey called yeah. love. And at the end, you know, they make decisions that you might not necessarily agree with, but they feel is right for themselves at the time. But this season was incredibly loaded. And I honestly, I, I was thinking a lot about when I was little and how my joints <laughs> used to hurt when I was growing and I would sort of Mm. lie awake at night and just be in a ton of pain. And it was because I was growing. And honestly, that's how this season of the back for me, it was just like, I feel like there's a lot of, on a personal level, I feel like I've grown a lot. Um, as a result of sort of being tangentially involved with this series. How do you feel? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like I learned a lot and um, it was really, really hard. It was really hard watching the Rachel stuff for me. Um, And I know that we, we talked about this, but I think it's like, it shined the light on myself because I feel like I saw like my, own ignorance watching Mm -hmm. Rachel and so that was like a moment (laughs) a big moment for me and like um well and it was a and we talked about this a little bit a few episodes back but I think it was an opportunity for us to evaluate our own implicit biases that we weren't yeah and that we weren't aware of and that is a in a, an important part of being a human and an uneasy part and an uncomfortable part yeah um yeah, totally but yeah I think one that I'm long-term grateful for but um I think, I think that at the end of the day this season was good for me personally because it shined a light on those parts of myself it introduced me to people like Emmanuel Acho. It um, introduced me to even like more resources that are out there, especially within the reality TV space and people that are talking about this within the reality TV space, which is like 
a huge part of our lives as reality TV. Yeah. So, so much, um, it's all really unfortunate how it all unfolded, but so much of it actually was something I probably needed. Yes. Um, that doesn't mean that it didn't come at the expense of some people, um, which was devastating to watch. And you and I will be talking about that uh, as we recap this episode. Um, so uh, let's start off with um, Matt's date with Michelle and him introducing her to his family. Um, I just feels want to start so long ago. That feels like that happened weeks ago. Literally weeks ago. This is the, the top of the episode. It happened last night after the three hour finale. I know. It feels so long ago. I know. I, I want to start off on an uber positive note. Matt's mom is so pretty and her style is so on. She had this like when she was on her date with Rachel and I know we're talking about her and Michelle but she had this like very slouchy sweater on with a long yeah. neck and a mini skirt and a black like a, a pair of black tights and she rocks her silver hair so elegantly. Yeah. I just loved looking at her. It was very fun to just look at her. <laughs> I really really like Matt's family. I love that his brother like played like this hard, hardball role. Okay, talk about this hardball role that he was he was he kept being like characterized as like <laughs> oh did he grill you and all he asked them was just like well what qualities uh what do you like about my brother I know I know he was just like a, a nice sweet person <laughs> he's just like a nice guy he didn't really like he like cared about his brother but I love that he was like I'm gonna ask them the tough question <laughs> yeah he's like I'm just like I'm not gonna sugarcoat it um yeah, their dynamics were just like fun for me yeah I just thought it was funny that he was characterized as kind of this hard <laughs> yeah. like sort of a nice person I also sort of I I relate to how he he approaches people like to me it's sort of how I kind of connect to pe with people or how I'm sort of am a like a judge of character with people is it goes sort of beyond words it's just like sort of a vibe that I get when I'm around them I'm like do I feel comfortable do I feel like I trust this person like it's sort of this other thing that I that I feel when I'm being introduced to somebody new mm. I cracked up cracked up when Michelle was like so have you seen him in any past relationships and before she could answer he was like no <laughs> oh, absolutely not no no uh wait was there no 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 wait no no no, no. I was like yeah no. obviously um so Matt's family is a delight but Michelle is the girl you want to bring home to your well, she's just a really special person I mean she said this one thing to I think it was his mom not his brother but she was like I don't look at how Matt grew up as a disadvantage because I think I think his mom was almost like she was kind of like skirting the topic of it maybe she was self-conscious about it just like um she was talking about how Matt was always drawn to friends with really strong with families. with strong families that's right yeah yeah and michelle said i don't look at how he grew up as a disadvantage i just look at it as like what shaped him and i i just felt like that was 
a really special thing to say to somebody's mom. Yeah, I'm sure that being a single mom was so, so hard. And I think it's impossible to not play the comparison game when your son is sort of drawn to a strong family unit. And just by circumstances, it wasn't what she provided. But that's not even true. I hate to even say that. They were an incredibly strong family unit. They were just not, it wasn't a conventional strongly. It wasn't a conventional family. Yeah. I have feelings about that. And I do love, I I love that his sweet mom is so willing to emote and have these feelings in front of these guys. And to also be told by this woman that like, that is a feature, not a bug, what you went through. Because what he saw was a strong, independent woman put her family first and do whatever she could to uh, raise two incredible independent sons. So that, that I, I think is also sort of a strength that she has by being a teacher because part of her job is to just talk to parents all day. Parents, yeah, you're right, you're and, right. And just by the makeup of you know the world, a significant portion of the kids in her class likely come from families who are not still together. So she recognizes that this can be a special part of somebody's upbringing. Yeah. And she sees a lot of kids with all these strengths that probably, yeah, come from a similar situation. Yeah. It it was great. I mean, they all seem to really like each other. We talked about this, her and Matt, it just seems like it's a breeze for them to be together. Um, but part of me also hated watching it because I knew what was going to come of it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I think I brought this up in another episode. I think if Matt was ready for marriage, he would have picked Michelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is not. But Michelle is ready. I mean, she has ready written right. all over her. And she's ready in the coolest of ways. She's not like banging down your door being oh. like, where's my ring? She's just emotionally ready to she's be ready to commit herself to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And she's fun and she's chill and you're going to have a good time with, with Michelle as your spouse. You're going to have a good time. She'll initiate an impromptu snowball fight when things are feeling a little tense <laughs> I know but I feel like they couldn't even form snowballs <laughs> to be fair throwing snowballs is really or forming snowballs is forming them is difficult I have always you need to have the perfect blend of snow really it's not the skill of the person it's just it's it's more dependent on the type of snow that you get you think so 100 because it needs to be soft like it can't be fluffy it has to be pretty solid that it can keep shape, but it can't be so solid that it's all ice. You know what I mean? Um, Charlie and I were in Ojai this weekend and we went on a hike and there was still, it was in the mountains. So there was still snow on the ground and there was uh, this family. It was really cute. It was his dad and his two really little kids that were throwing snowballs and the dog was chasing after the snowballs. It was so cute. And they, all three of them, and one of them was like very young, like two maybe, were very good at forming snowballs. I imagine mountain snow mm-hmm. is, is good for that because it's like, it's it's warm there. You're in Southern California, but it's, so it's not iced over. But the fact that there's snow mean that it means that it's like cold enough to hold its shape. So 
that, no yeah. offense to those kids in that family, but that had nothing to do with their talent. He was so cute, the little two-year-old. He like formed a little snowball and followed us with, um, cause we, we brought Charlie's dog coffee. And so he followed us <laughs> on the hike and he was like, snow, snow, snow. Cause he thought that coffee really wanted to chase the snow like his dog. Isn't that so cute? <laughs> coffee was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. It was so cute. I died. Anyway, <laughs> Michelle. Michelle's great. <laughs> and you know, I, I like, let me just move into the Rachel one. I mean, I actually felt like they, they also liked Rachel. It was a very different dynamic. It wasn't this like easy breezy feeling like we've talked about with Michelle where it just like, it feel like it flows. We're laughing. We're having heart to hearts. We're doing it all seamlessly. So it wasn't quite that same dynamic, mm-hmm. but they seem to like her. And I mean, I think again, like there's, there is a testament to like, while Matt is clearly, was clearly not ready for marriage. I mean, he told us that Mm -hmm. it's a testament of him. I think knowing himself and like knowing what he likes and knowing what's good for him. I'm going to just for, as I'm saying the statement, putting, what we know about Rachel now aside, if we're talking just like a pure, like kind of personality traits, you know, he, he, he likes girls who want to fuck him. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess I don't, <laughs> I mean, that's a great starting point. <laughs> no, I think like Rachel in him are probably at the same points in their lives and yeah on to about rachel she cried at the mention of the prayer again i know uh, i know i was embarrassed when she was talking about the prayer because i was like rachel don't because everyone's gonna make fun of me <laughs> <laughs> i thought of you immediately i didn't text because of the time difference but, oh the prayer and she cried talking <laughs> There's an easygoingness to Rachel that I think that he is drawn to. Yeah, there. Yeah, she's very go with the flow. Like, really likes him. Will kind of, you know, say the right things in front of the parents. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, the mom was just as emotional in front of Rachel as she was in front of Michelle. Yeah, she was. I think she just like was really happy that there were people who loved her son I don't know like I like I imagine that is pretty cool as a parent I don't know but like for them to be like for you to find somebody that like seems to love them as as deeply as you do like that that must be like kind of a cool thing yeah and I know that it's like a trope in, in the bachelor world to sort of put yourself out there in order to move forward. You kind of have to say, I'm falling in love with you or whatever, what, whatever derivative of, I love you. That's not, I'm falling or that's not, I love you. It's like, I'm yeah, falling you, I'm falling for you. I could see you, myself falling for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. And one thing that I really respected about these two girls was that, um, they were both incredibly vulnerable. I mean, it was very, yeah, they were, I love you so much. And they, 
and it's like a very scary thing to put yourself out there that way, especially in this environment. And I felt like they really both meant it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was interesting to see, but then, but then what was even crazier, because I kind of thought that they were going to be like, oh my God, these two girls are great. Like, can't make a wrong choice. Good luck, Matt. Like, whatever. But really they were like, which again, like, I think how his mother and brother approached him after this is it is another just huge testament to who Matt is because of how, who he was raised by is like, they were like, you have these, like, these women who love you that seem great from the little that, that we know about them um, and seem like they could really be a good match. I'm really like, I'm nervous about you actually being ready for that. Like, and just the honesty and the awareness that came from their family. I, you know, I was like, this is why I like Matt. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were incredibly real. And I think they did a good job. Really real people. Yes. Keeping him in check. And I, it's a harsh statement to say, is love really the end all be all? Um, it's just, it's sort of just like, feels a little acidic but the hard truth is it's not it's not it's not you I think that you can be in love with a lot of different people in your life and 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 I think that in love can take a lot of different forms as well like romantic in love or friendship in love like like there's a lot of love to be had in your life like I don't think that there's a shortage of it marriage is so much more Mm -hmm. about a partnership. Yes. Yes. It completely. And I think they were worried Matt wasn't ready to be the partner that these women were ready to be. And, or maybe this process isn't the right way for him to find it. I mean, yeah. I, um, for somebody who's like never been in a serious relationship. Yeah. Um, I mean, as evidenced by how adamant his brother was just like, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> you need a little time before like fully stepping in to the proposal. And I think that they just both wanted him to have the gift of that time because they've seen firsthand what sort of throwing yourself into something before you're ready can event, they, they've seen that it could cause potential pain down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. And maybe this is like my Catholic upbringing showing a little bit when Matt was talking about, he's like, well, I'm going to be in prayer because that's the only time I'm in control. And I feel like Matt is somebody who really does like to have control over every situation because Mm -hmm. like he he, he didn't have that level of control when he was a kid. But like, this is again, me just like splitting Catholicism hairs, but like, isn't prayer and I am no expert listen but isn't prayer about like surrendering control yeah well that's how I would understand it I mean but 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 I think people turn to it when they're not in control Mm -hmm. because it feels like this is something quote productive that I can do 
somebody in your family gets sick, there's literally nothing that there's literally nothing more that you can do to help them other than get, you know, getting them the care that they need. They're still not getting better. A lot of people turn to faith and prayer because it's like, well, this is like, I'm going to do everything that I can. And this is literally the last thing I can do. Mm -hmm. So I understand what you mean, but I think that Mm -hmm. it's most used when, when you're out of, you're out of options and, and you, and you need to feel productive and you need to feel like you're doing something for the situation. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for crystallizing something that uh, I learned a lot about prayer. The 12 years of, uh, <laughs> of spiritual education did not get me. Uh, Sarah is our prayer expertise <laughs> every time they happen. <laughs> learned up a lot about prayer after Matt's <laughs> Going to use you as my prayer consultant. Thank yeah, you. please. Everyone come to me for your prayer needs, concerns. <laughs> yeah Um, yeah this really gets Matt in his head because then he ends up having sort of the moment they've teased all season with him and Chris Harrison okay I was like well one I know it's hard to see Chris right now and all these things that they had filmed before him but again take all the stuff that has happened in the last two months away out of this wouldn't it have been so much better if like they brought Tyler Cameron in again (laughs) and he could talk about with his BFF yeah. Why isn't Tyler here? He just needed to have a candid conversation with his friend. With his friend, yeah. I was like, I cannot believe they didn't bring Tyler in to help him out during his last few nights. Yeah, I know. I know. What a missed opportunity. Damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> and we would have all gotten to see Tyler and Cameron again. <laughs> we did. Which is what the country needs right now yeah right. Which is the only reason why everyone was on board with Matt being bachelor it was a tough season it's been a tough winter you know we're all sort of slugging through towards the end of this pandemic we're all in a tough headspace it would have been really nice guys to see Tyler that was really rude that was really really rude we had some fun back and forth though there was like some witty remarks underneath the like the you know, the sadness, you know, <laughs> Matt was talking to Chris and he was like, you know, feelings come and go. Uh, and Chris is like, what kind of greeting card is that? And Matt was like, not a top seller. <laughs> I was like, that. I was like, quick, that was quick. <laughs> Did that just wash through you? You're like, yeah, I, if he wasn't like, where's Tyler? <laughs> just yeah, I was the whole, I was just upset about, I could not believe, I could not believe, but whatever. So, all right, let's talk about Michelle's. Ugh. I know, God. where things got really bad for me this episode. Mm-hmm. The anticipation was a lot. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous for after the final rose. I was very nervous for him to break up with Michelle. So I literally like, I, this is just where things, I just kind of like broke down after the scene. So first of all, she repels down a building in heels. God bless her. <laughs> Our thoughts oh, with you. Only she could, only she could. She could. She's like, I hope and- the faith has a, a tight rope and I don't know, maybe a net. I don't know. <laughs> I'm scared. 
I'm really scared. Um, they do this whole repel down the building. You just, you know, it's coming. She's going on and on about like opening up, being vulnerable. Oh, like I can see us together. I can picture our future. Matt's saying nothing. And you're just like, come on, man. And then she gives him the jerseys. And as soon as she gave him the jersey, my heart like split in half. So like, Matt, like literal what he literally said when she gave him that gift was oh no <laughs> it was like <laughs> oh god it was so bad it i mean such a sweet thoughtful gift but it was just like it was impossible to watch. It was impossible to watch. It was, it was so, so hard. She was like, well, what do you need from me? Do you want me to fight for you? Like she was really, really trying to push through. Like what? I've seen a lot of memes on Twitter. And it was like, Michelle, do you want me to fight for you? And then the meme of, um, what's her name? Christina from Grey's Anatomy. Like somebody sedate me. Christina <laughs> <laughs> character's name but <laughs> it was tough and like a big problem with Matt in general which we have said or which Alyssa and Taylor have said to us since the beginning the light. that he uh he validates all of them so much that when these breakups happen they're so blindsided and of and of course she was. He literally said that. He's like, I, he said this to his parents. He's like, I told every girlfriend I've ever had that I love her. And like, I didn't love any of them. <laughs> yeah. And then the breakup happens and they want to have a conversation. And he's just like, okay, well, it was nice knowing you. Bye. <laughs> and then to the point where she even said on after the final rose, she's like, I did try to reach out. Like, I just, I wasn't trying to get back together with anything or disrupt anything. I just needed <laughs> talk about it like it was just sort of like he waved goodbye <laughs> and I was sort of like left in my tears stunned it wasn't I would just kind of I just need help to process this in terms of moving on like he does not have it he does not have the skills to have these difficult conversations when it comes to a breakup he just sort of evaporates into a, he literally left like he like literally a, left an illy lit cabin you know <laughs> it was just, like where did it he go really it was really really hard to watch and then he like can't see rachel the next day he's like needs to figure this out which by the way rachel's outfit was so killer I was just like what a waste of a good date outfit I literally wrote down Alex finally some good tops from Rachel <laughs> it was so it was like it I think it was like a bodysuit but it had like yeah. kind of like a square neck and it just yeah. like made her figure so beautifully and she had she like looked she looked the best she's like she looked so good and you knew she knew it like she knew <laughs> how good she looked like she oh, like chris harrison was at the door and she's like oh what's up chris like she oh, yeah, she's like, like hey. yeah she's like check <laughs> me out <laughs> like she yeah knew. so that's coming <laughs> <laughs> oh 
mad. So yeah, he like goes to get a ring from Neil Lane and Neil Lane's like, I guess as long as ABC is still going to pay for it. Like, he's like, well, this is the first that we've actually gotten some co- like real actual commentary from Neil Lane. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I thought he was just like, yeah, if you don't feel it, I don't know. Not worth it. Anyway, yeah. here's five diamonds I'm contractually obligated to show on TV. I'll hold on to this. I'll and hold on. <laughs> can I touch it? I need, if, okay, what I actually want to know, I know that we couldn't ask this on the final rose. It was not the time. It was not the place. Mm-hmm. But I want to know, has Rachel seen, seen that ring? Like in person? Like, did she watch the season? And was she like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, because they filmed after the final rose the same night that it aired. That was a live taping, I believe. So I don't think there's any way that she did. No, it wasn't. It After the final rose was filmed a few days before. Oh, okay. Then even more so no, because it hadn't aired. <laughs> like there's no way that she had. Yeah, you're right. So I guess Matt never like showed her this ring. Do you think anyone on production was like, I probably (laughs) I don't know probably but I mean he kept talking about how heavy it was are we talking I was like are we talking like carrots Matt or are we talking like what it means he doesn't know he's like can I touch it (laughs) he's like yeah what do you think these rings are for (laughs) (laughs) so then he's like meet me at the lake which again huge missed opportunity that they didn't play the lakes by taylor swift mm, i'm sure it was very cheap and not expensive at all right <laughs> um so okay i didn't think that this was going to be the proposal or whatever mm. i didn't think this was going to be the final i thought until i saw matt at the lake in a suit i thought it was going to be like her in jeans and like a sweater and him in like joggers and like a cool jacket and they were just Girl gonna neck, absolutely <laughs> obviously casual cool and they were gonna talk about what was going on and I was like wait she just shows up in a ball gown <laughs> yeah somebody had to be like Rachel dress up right <laughs> uh somebody had yeah. to yeah I thought the same exact thing I was like expecting like a flannel maybe they would sit on a bench like with a blanket draped over their laps and sort of talking about what they want the future to be and it would have been less of a you know a set piece ending and more of just like a gentle like hey do you want a date yeah I think I do yeah I didn't think we were gonna do the whole the whole like princess thing and then they were gonna watch the water in the lake lap and then they were gonna kiss. By the way, she didn't even go to the lake. No lakes. It was a. It was. He got to go to the lake. She did not. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway, oh, just added to the list of injustices from the season. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. So he's like, I want to date you. And again, this was torture to watch because we all know what's coming next. It was it was two hours of absolute torture. Mm -hmm. And then that entire like 10 minute commercial break, my heart was racing going into the after the final rose. Like I had to do yoga in the middle of it because my I couldn't calm down. 
my heart was racing. I was like very nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, I think I had every right to be. <laughs> it was tough. Okay. So now we get the, after the final rose, um, Sarah, um, before we break down sort of, you know, the uncomfortable conversations uh, that are, you know, on the horizon, what did you think of Emmanuel Acho as the final rose host? He did an like absolute fabulous job. All I kept thinking was, thank God this isn't Chris Harrison doing this. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't like that Chris Harrison did the voiceover. I thought that was kind of weird. But um, I think he, I, I mean, I, he did a really great job. He's the only like person I think that could have done that for all the reasons that we talked about. Like he, he comes from a bit, he's so, he's honest and he, he is very honest, but he also just knows how to talk to people and how to get them to listen and, and understand because I think you said this, he meets you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He did a great job. I mean, you can't, can you imagine Chris Harrison having conversations with Matt, like the one-on-ones with Matt at the, after the final rose? No, no. Yeah. No, I, I don't either. I, um, he did a really, really beautiful job and he's a very patient and compassionate. So patient, yeah. I thought he hit his stride more towards when things started to become uncomfortable. I thought it was like, I I, I liked seeing him in his element more than I liked when he was just sort of putting on like a Chris Harrison. Well, you know, I heard him say, Rachel Lindsay interviewed him on Extra, I guess it was, about it. And I think it was right after they had filmed it. And she was like, what were your goals going into this? And he was like, obviously to address the Rachel situation. I don't remember exactly what he said. But two, it was to honor Matt's love journey. Yes. And I that was so important because we've talked so much about this, but it's like, you gave it like bachelor producers, executives, you gave us the most diverse season ever. You gave us a black bachelor, like, and then you didn't honor their stories. Like you, you didn't, you didn't shine a light on who they were. We, people keep saying Matt's so boring, Matt's so boring. It's, we didn't get to know Matt because we were not given the opportunity to know him. Because the show, the producers took that opportunity away from us because they decided to shine light on, on, on other things. So like when I heard him, when I heard Emmanuel Acho say that, like I'm here to also honor the journey that Matt went through to find love in his life. I thought that was so important because it's like, that is why we're here. And I know that it's like the cliche and, you know, we're all, you know, we get wrapped up in the drama every season, but like, that is what it's about. It was about showcasing a black man finding love. Yeah. I like walked away from after the final rose, just feeling like an overwhelming sense of sadness and disappointment. And that is not at all a a reflection of how Emmanuel did. I thought he was incredible. and And we'll talk more about how incredible he is. But, um, what we witnessed in general is a, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but it is a systematic problem. And 
Uh, so much of The Bachelor this past season has been so reactionary to things that people have done wrong and trying to fix the things that people have done wrong rather than sort of like taking a beat, taking a breath, like realizing like how do we fix, like how do we sort of break it down to build it back up again? Like we well, and also taking there. ownership. And like course, I, yes. that's what I'm so, like that's what I feel so angry about still is that like, yes, Chris Harrison represents the show. Like, yes, Rachel had to be held accountable for her actions, whether she was on The Bachelor or not. Like anyone should be held, anyone that was at that party should be held accountable for their actions, do you know? But like, I, I don't appreciate, and maybe it's not, it's not my place, it's, it's not my place to need an apology and it's not my place to not appreciate this. But I think what was so damaging was that we never heard from the people, the puppet masters, if you will. <laughs> I, um, I wanted to read uh, my dear friend, Colleen Kleinfelter, who's been on the podcast before. She sent me um, her emotional thoughts uh, via a text message. And I think it, this was a really eloquent metaphor that I wanted to share on the podcast that is speaking to what you're saying, sis. Um, she said, um, that, um, right before you have a heart attack, you feel a lot of pain in your left arm. It's like the telltale sign that you're about to have a heart attack. Doctors and scientists know this. It's a problem and a symptom of a bigger problem. Rachel was the arm pain and Chris Harrison and the producers were the actual heart attack. But the ABC, but ABC and the producers decided that they would cut off the arm and that would solve the problem. And like ultimately what they did and what we sort of witnessed was as a whole, as a piece and just not taking Emmanuel completely out of it. Like if anything, he's the only thing that saved it. Yeah. We watched um, a white supremacist system or a system that was created in a white supremacist society throw a girl under the bus who listen, what she did was absolutely wrong and she absolutely needs to be held accountable for it. But by, from all intents and purposes, she does seem to be doing the work while they are not taking at all the responsibility for how we ended up getting into the situation in the first place. Um, this is not the first time that they've cast people, for lack of a better term, problematic people. I mean, they've put blatantly race they put a blatant racist on Rachel Lindsay's season like we that's something we should never forget that they did that to cause drama mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, it's terrible yeah and I just walked away feeling incredibly sad I feel like it was unfair mostly to Matt yeah um, because he didn't necessarily, his season became less about him finding love and it came more about the controversy. Um, I think it's unfair to Rachel because I think a disproportionate amount of blame was placed on her. And again, I don't want to diminish what she did. What, it, what she did was so wrong. Like it was so wrong, but ultimately she, like Colleen said, is a symptom of a larger, larger problem that they refuse to address. And like, they didn't even really mention Chris Harrison other than the fact that he was, that Emmanuel was stepping in as a result of what happened with that conversation with Rachel. But like, how compelling would it have been if we saw Emmanuel have that conversation with Chris? 
Like, I, like it's yes. it would have been nice to see. I think Chris should have been there, not hosting. But mm-hmm. I think he should have been there. He should have been somebody that had to sit on that couch and talk to Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's unfair to Michelle because I think that should affect her. But <laughs> that's my own, oh. that's, that's my own bias. But I thought, um, I thought Emmanuel did a really, really great job of navigating those conversations. And he asked some pretty challenging things to Matt too. He was just like, well, do you feel like if you were really in partnership with somebody that this is something that you could overcome together? And I mean, Matt sort of sidestepped his answers, but like ultimately the answer was no. Like, and it's not up to Matt to be on this journey with somebody who still needs a little bit more learning to do. Like he is completely within his right to be with somebody who gets it, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, he he said something that was really interesting and, you know, Rachel gave her direct apology to Matt and he was like, I can't be emotionally, I don't like seeing you hurt, but I cannot be emotionally responsible for these tears. <laughs> and I, I thought that was eye-opening to hear and I, it was really, really hard. I felt, I really felt for Matt during all of this. Yeah. Um, I hope though that it was eye-opening to a lot of people. Yeah. It was I, to me. It was to me. I mean, it's the most candid conversation I've seen about race on broadcast television ever. Like, I think this is something that we're going to look back on. And again, thanks to the fact that Emmanuel was sort of able to ask candid questions and like get specific answers out of people. I mean, I thought that's, that's, that is a step forward. Um, it is. We um, to have him and we don't deserve him. Yeah, it's so true. Um, it'll be telling to see what happens. I, they say, they released their statement saying that they're going to fix it on their end of things. I mean, you know, I guess it's one of these, like, you'll, we'll, you know, we'll leave it when we see it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go. No, 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 I was about to kind of change this. I think it's just like, it's hard to like have these conversations too, because like ultimately it means that like some people are going to lose their jobs and that's like- I know, I know. A challenging thing, but like ultimately if we want to move forward, we can't be reactionary. We have to be responsible and like change hearts (laughs) and- Yeah. To happen in order for this franchise to continue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would and like I, to see Emmanuel as the host, but we have to. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. It would have been really cool to see Emmanuel as the host. I'm assuming he's just not available because he has his own daily show. Um, but um, I don't think we need a host. I don't think we do either. I don't think we need a host of this show. I like this direction that they're taking with like bringing in girls to help like mentor and help out. And then hopefully like the next bachelor will get a guy. Like, I think that that will be really helpful. And um, so we, think- we didn't actually say this out loud, but Caitlin Bristow and Tasha will be the next hosts uh, on Katie's and Michelle's subsequent seasons of The Bachelorette. Yeah, so Katie's being filmed first. I read that Michelle, they they had to push hers back because she didn't want to miss any more school. So she's filming during the summer. I know she's so nice. (laughs) 
it is so weird though because I think in any other situation I would have been really excited to find out that Michelle or excuse me um Tasha and Caitlin were hosting because well first of all Caitlin's our all-time favorite I mean I love her so much <laughs> um but like she posted this thing on Instagram that was like let's go girls and it was her and Tasha dancing and being like carefree and fun and I wanted to so badly get so excited, but I'm just so saddened by this season that I feel like I need to properly sit in my feelings or sit in what I agree with you I, through in order before we celebrate. Like Matt, we put Matt through fucking hell. And he, I mean, he also had the pressure of having to be the first Black Bachelor like that. And, and, he, and also on top of that, never having been on the show before, like, I'm still sort of in my feelings about this. I'm not sort of, I'm not ready to move on yet. Yeah, I agree with you. Matt literally tweeted today, like Google's therapist in my location or something. Right, I love Which you. Which is good, I hope you get that. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I really, really feel for him. This was, think about, oh, think about like where it started. Like he's in Florida, he's in the quarantine crew. He's just like partying with Tyler Cameron every day, doing workout videos with Hannah Brown, just like living and having the best life. Gets the phone call. We want you to be the bachelor. Let's do it. And like, now we're here. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like really fine with him ending up with somebody that he wants to date. Like, oh yeah, it's not even, it's not, it has no, nothing. I don't, I didn't need to get do with that. It like, has nothing to do with him being ready for proposal. It's nothing to do with that. It's just, yeah, it's just he, we put him through hell this season. Yeah, it was really, really tough. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he listens to this, but I want to just thank Emmanuel Acho for giving us some semblance of grace and dignity coming up. I mean, he saved, he literally saved it. I mean, he put a bandaid on a, on a, on a wound that needs some stitches, but yes, um, there's, I don't think that there is anybody else that would have been more qualified. I just, and this is not, I just think he's a really kind human being. Yeah, he is. I, you know, he said to Rachel, like, continue to grow. I applaud the steps you've taken so far. Like he's, he did not owe her that. No. And I think in general, I, after reading his book, he is somebody who operates from a place of abundance and just wants a loving world and really believes that people are not beyond repair. And yeah. You know, this actually makes me think of something that Matt said that, that I did write down. Um, I'm just trying to, I want to get it right. But he was, when he was talking to Rachel, yeah, he was like, I don't, I don't want your life to be ruined essentially. Like he's like, I don't want you to be canceled. I don't want people to cancel you. I want them to call you in. And I like, I thought that that was like a very interesting thing. And like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, really another really kind thing to say. And he was under no obligation to hug her. And I wish that that, that was so awkward. I can't, I, uh, I can't. Let's not talk about it. I'm too uncomfortable. <laughs> Every time she touched him, I was like, Rachel, stop touching him. Stop it. But I also get the impulse, though, because it is. I get it, too. Yeah. I mean, they were in love, but it was like, it was really, yeah, it was like, stop it. Stop it. It was really hard. My goodness. Um, 
I want to end things on a funny note. I believe, and we have to consult with Taylor and Alyssa on this. I believe Sarah and I lost. Yeah, we did. Uh, <laughs> we lost the bracket. So um, congratulations to them. <laughs> I believe that means that we have to do a Ben Higgins book report, but we'll consult with them and <laughs> hopefully um, give you guys a full report on his biography. <laughs> I already downloaded it alone in plain sight. Um, I would have done even if we hadn't lost. Yeah, I I don't know, guys. I'm pretty excited to read it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what shit is gonna be in there. <laughs> I think it's. I think I'm gonna enjoy it. Um, alone in plain sight. I mean, and maybe just for fun, I'll do an unboxing of uh Victoria's dry brush set or whatever, <laughs> whatever she sells on her wellness site good luck i'm not uh, going to be purchasing <laughs> <laughs> but we will we'll, we'll side chat with them and then in terms of us i think our future is play playing it by ear um i would love to come back um but yeah well we have our break they're filming katie's right now yeah. i think that we're going to take the break until we know when the season airs and then we'll keep you guys posted but thanks for sticking with us. Um, again, thanks to our listeners who had real and honest conversations with us this season. We grew because of you. Like, thank you guys so much for calling us out um, and also yeah. just offering your love, your compassion, your humor. Um, really, I just feel really lucky to be a part of a community um, that is trying to grow and that is holding each other accountable. So really appreciate it. And yeah. I'm glad that I got this time with you, Sarah. Um, I, I was this our first season away from each other? Did yeah. You, yeah. No, no, Claire and Tasha's. Oh, right. What is time? Everyone Are you still forgetting about that season? <laughs> but no. then I see Tasha and Zach together and I'm like, yay! <laughs> um, that is like a nice thing to look at when I'm feeling sad. Like, oh God, Tasha and Zach are in love. Okay, we have yeah yeah this at least all right guys we'll talk to you later bye thanks so much for listening and if you like what you heard please rate and subscribe and of course the journey doesn't end here follow us on social media at sarah elizabeth franklin and at alex ryan frank see you later Oh, hello, you. What's up, hoes? I'm Mary Kay McBrayer. I'm Mary Amelia Byer. I'm Rachel Estridge. And we like scary movies. Let's be more specific. We like analyzing scary movies. Okay, but let's be a little bit more specific. We like making fun of scary movies. Let's be even more specific. We have to make fun of scary movies so that we can sleep at night. We host a horror comedy podcast called Everything Trying to Kill You that rips all your fave horror movies a new one. And bonus, we'll tell you jokes from the perspectives of... Feminist ethnic minorities. And queer women. Which might be something you haven't considered before. Sure looks like Hollywood hasn't. So check out Everything Trying to Kill You. New episodes every other Friday on Campfire Media. Campfire.